Welcome everyone to the Church Explained podcast, a conversation to grow your leadership and build your church. And uh, you, you mentioned there, obviously, you know, you talk to the church and you say it's not 30 days to wholeness, 30 years. How do you how do you communicate that to a world that wants the 30 days or the quick fix? How do you how do you communicate that to to this world that, you know, like, you know, personally, it's like, you know, what what can I do? Summer's come in. It's April. Right. Like, let's get fit. How do I do the quick fix? How do you communicate it to a world that is fed that constantly in culture? Yeah, I, I think a hundred percent is model it. Yeah. You know, transparency, vulner you know, I, the thing that people say when they come to our church, they say, Man, this was so refreshing. Like the vulnerability and the transparency is so like they say it like it's like to me, I can't understand why transparency and vulnerability is such a shock to people. Because mm-hmm. isn't that the point? Yeah. Um, and so what we are communicating is I am used to living in a world where everything is fake. Mm. And so for me, it's not it's not even I, I never say, hey, um, I practice what I preach. I, I think that's a wrong way to look at it. I mm. preach what I practice. I like and so I never preach a sermon that God hasn't already worked out in me first. So why would I preach about, you know, a healthy marriage if my marriage isn't healthy? Why would I preach about certain topics when I still struggle with certain things that I need to allow God to take me on this journey to? So I think the greatest way to get people to that is not convincing them overnight, Mm -hmm. but if they stay consistent and being a part of this community of of, a body of believers, they're going to watch, witness and be able to learn how to practically walk this out every day of their life because they're going to see it in my life they're going to see it in my family's life they're going to see it in the life of the people that i'm discipling the people that i'm doing life with and then over time they start seeing what those results look like and why it's important to stay consistent um and so a lot of it is it's not even just trying to convince them it's just saying like hey if i stay consistent with this in my life eventually people will see that this works Mm, that you know this is actually beneficial for my soul to say like hey i'm not trying to get it all taken care of tomorrow i'm actually the goal is to in the next 30 years be a completely different transformed person than i was before that mm. so but i think a lot of people they don't they don't see that enough in people's lives and so we have preachers and, and leaders who are telling them you know all this stuff but they're they're also caught up in the quick fix they're also yeah. caught up in the get it done tomorrow yeah so definitely and I, and I think lots of leaders put value on what can we do in the moment rather than what takes process mm. this idea yes. that we need to we need to go through process we need to go through time we need to use those things to our advantage rather than what can I change mm. just in this moment yeah you know mm. I, I, I've mm. been thinking through some of this idea I mean you've described some of the stuff you've used to take care of yourself what about for your family mm-hmm. and for your team at church Are you, you, i know you've said you model this amongst them uh, is there anything else that you would do to encourage leaders did you could say to maybe how, how do they really take care of their family yeah so uh for me it's it's how do i i read some incredible books over the years but one that recently that really kind of wrecked me um, was one by John Tyson, 
um, where, where he is talking about this idea of basically giving rites of passage to your kids. Mm. And so for me, it's how, how do I think, uh, in the Protestant world, when you use language like liturgy or liturgies, you know, it's, it's kind of a foreign word, yeah. um, but it really is consistent habitual practices or moments, um, of spoken worship or, yeah, or, like you know, moments with, with God that I create with my kids. So, so one of the things that we started to do was when we pray over our meal, we'll light three candles and I, t I taught my kids the Shema, you know, the, the yeah. Deuteronomy six, four through five, um, which is the, you know, listen, O Israel, the Lord, our God is God alone. Uh, you must love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And, but that liturgy, you know, it seems like it's just a repeated prayer, but over time that sinks in, right? Creating those liturgies throughout the day where we, where we understand we're not just going through the motions here, but we are praying a prayer that we want to remember for the rest yeah. of our lives. Creating liturgies daily, creating one-on-one -on -one time with each of my kids. Um, so I try to set aside time monthly to spend one-on-one -on -one time with each of my kids. Um, so that's, that's a way that, um, yeah. my family, my wife and I have a date day or a date night every single week. Um, I'm, I'm blessed and fortunate that my wife is also on staff. So Fridays are our Sabbath. So while the kids are in school, we're able mm -hmm. to, to spend time together, go out. Um, and it's not another night away from the kids most of the time. And, uh, but once a year, we do a vacation, obviously, and then once or twice a year, we'll do a trip um, together as a family, like a weekend trip or whatever. Yes. My wife and I doing my wife and I do an annual vacation, just us. So we've been blessed with um, some connections that where we have a, a place to stay in, in Florida. And so in February every year, uh, our kids know that my wife and I are going to take a trip, just us and uh, to go and enjoy that. And so. Uh, very intentional about that, intentional about our devotional time. Uh, and then once, usually once every two weeks, we will do what's called table talks. Yeah. And those table talks are, uh, it's, it's an acronym, you know, T-A-B-L-E. T stands for thankful. So we challenge them, who are you thankful for and why? Uh, because we teach them gratitude is never silent. Gratitude sets your attitude. Gratitude is, it keeps your mind stayed on the blessings of God. Um, and so they have to write, they write that out in a journal. We talk about it. We discuss it. We tell them to send thank you cards or tell them in person. Uh, the A stands for ask. So that's when we ask like, hey, how are you doing mentally, emotionally, physically? And then, hey, how can we pray for you? And it's cool because each, you know, we'll, we'll get in a circle and the challenge is you have to pray for the person to the right of you. And so it's cool watching the siblings pray for one another. And then the B is Bible. And so we're walking through scripture together. Uh, the L is usually learning. So we try to create learning experiences for them. Like how are we teaching them everyday practical things in life, whether it's how to handle their money how to, uh, you know, like steward their resources, different things like that. You know, as, our, as my daughter gets older, it was teaching her how to drive, teaching her how to change her oil, teaching her how to change a tire, you know, those type things. And then the E is entertainment or experience. And so that is what we do for fun. So sometimes yeah. it's game night, sometimes it's movie night. We'll go bowling. We did top golf, um, all those different things. We go play disc golf together or Frisbee golf. Uh, as you guys said, uh, but so, yeah, I think it's just intentionality, 
Yeah. Putting it on the calendar. Yeah. Um, yeah. And consistency. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, you know, like uh, some people listening to it will uh, see that as a big long list, but you mentioned it earlier. Uh, start with something. Start somewhere. Start with something. Start small and begin to build it in. Uh, that's where the power is. Uh, you know, you're not doing anything. Just start with one thing and begin to yeah. move forward. And that's, and that's, you know, what I'm telling you today has been a process of the last 10 years. Mm. You know, it's just little things added here and there. Mm. And you know what? We're not perfect at it. You know, there's times where it's like, man, we missed a devotion this morning. You know, but I think what we try to teach our kids that the devotion isn't the point. The point yeah. is spending time together in the presence of God and teaching them. You know, I told them, I asked them one time, I said, what, why do you think we discipline you? What is the point of discipline? Yeah. I think this would help every, every leader out there, or even every parent out there. Mm. The point of discipline is not to get, not to control you mm. or get you to behave. The point of discipline, the very meaning of the word discipline, when you put it in the sporting context or, or athletics yes, uh, context is I can't do something right now. I, I either don't have the mental or physical maturity or capacity to make it happen right away. I can't run a 4240 mm-hmm. right away. So, but I discipline myself over time so that the thing that I can't do now, I will one day be able to do. Yeah. And so the, the thing that I teach my kids is <clears throat> we have to be we have to be the emotional mature one now because you can't be. But I'm teaching you to make decisions for yourself later mm. with an emotional and mental maturity that you're not able to do now, but you will be able to do when you're an adult. Yeah. And um, I think that should always be the end goal. And the end goal is always reconciliation and relationship. So I think if you're always working toward those things, you know, you're creating those moments to keep your family healthy because uh, that should be the point. Yeah. No. Love that. Yeah, great. really great. You mentioned prayer uh, a lot during our conversation and uh, just wanted to uh, find out how that practice of prayer in your church has impacted uh, what you're doing. Oh, it's <clears throat> it's been incredible, but it's also been, you know, I'm also uh, it's, it's sad to look back and and think, why didn't we do this before? Mm-hmm. You know, because I think prayer is an assumption that most believers have. You know, I just. Yeah, I mean, I know we pray. We pray, you know. Yeah, we're going to pray about that. You know, we we say we use the word prayer more than we actually pray. <laughs> and so for us, you know, I, I guess it was about a year ago. You know, like I said, it was during my sabbatical. Mm. I just began to pray, like, God, because we've been in this season for really the last two and a half years of trying to tear down the consumeristic mindset in the modern church, which has been very difficult. Um, and so the two things we said we were going to go hard after is community and prayer. And so then it's like, where do you begin? Like, how do you do that? Right? Like, what does that even mean? And so I I know the advice I got from actually pastor Jonathan Moynihan, I know you guys have had him on here. Yeah. Great guy. Man, he's fantastic. But he said, just give your people reps. And so since last fall, late last summer is like, how do we create moments for people to pray? And so, uh, coming into 2023, we did our first ever 24 hour prayer experience. We just opened the church and we created stations. Mm. Um, we had what was called a prayer labyrinth 
which yeah. I had never heard of, but yeah. apparently it's popular in the Methodist world. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's basically just like a little prayer map that you walk around on. And it's like a little, it's not a maze, but it's a labyrinth because it leads you to the center, which reminds you that you're being, you know, every journey, every step in your journey leads you to the heart of God. Yeah. And then we had crosses where people could nail their prayer requests. And then we had candles where people could light candles for lost loved ones. We had silence and solitude areas. Like it was just a, a space we created. We said, Hey, you can come in and stay as long as you want uh, or as short as you want, come in at any point. And, um, it was the most life-giving, life-altering thing for our church. And it was amazing because people would walk in and they wouldn't even get past the lobby and people would just start crying and they would just be like, I never realized this was available to me. And I've got to be honest with you guys. I felt so convicted because I was like, I can't believe as a pastor, we've been a church for 11 years now and I'm just now leading our church to the heart and treasure that prayer is. And all it took was giving space, creating space. And so we're actually getting ready for our Good Friday prayer experience. So from 6 p.m. to midnight this Friday, we'll do the same thing. And that's that's been kind of our goal is how do we consistently build these reps for prayer? Yeah. Um, and I started off the year teaching on it, uh, which I think is key. Yeah. And um, Pete Gregg, I'm sure you guys have heard of Pete oh, Gregg, yeah, yeah. Uh, 24-7 Prayer. I mean, his books and his insight have been incredibly helpful right. on trying to dive into the, the practice of prayer. Mm. And so what what I have found is, is that people, um, sometimes you don't know what you're hungry for until you get that first bite, that first taste. Mm. And so I think we're in that season where we're just giving people a taste of what prayer can do in our lives yeah. and in the church's lives. And then my prayer is that within a year from now, the hunger for it is it becomes something that is um, just happening every day and every week within our church. Um, so that's kind of where we're at right now. But since then, we have seen uh, we said that the 40 days leading up to Lent, we were going to focus on um, the, the gospel in the sense of like challenging people to discipleship and baptism mm. and prayer. And in the last four to five weeks, we've seen a hundred over 130 people baptized. Wow! Now, what's incredible about that is probably half of them have happened through small groups or community. Mm. Um, people are actually getting saved at small group, and wow. they're driving up to the church Great. to baptize their people, to mm. baptize people in their small group. And that's what's been incredible. And that's how prayer has started to shape and kind of create this renewal season that we're in as a church. Because since we have said that we are going to focus on community and prayer and we've been serious about it, um, we are seeing the fruit and the harvest of that in an incredible way. Wow. Amazing. I mean, isn't that it? Yeah, yeah. So good. I, I mean, I love that because I think what you're describing there, you know, not just from the stuff that's happening in your life, but the stuff you're modeling in the church. It is about taking those consistent steps and mm. doing something. And I think sometimes mm. leaders hear stories like this and they think, mm. okay, we've got to do something, and they go all out. And, you know, it's it's like trying to create the wrong revival. Right. Isn't very helpful yeah, yeah. or healthy long mm. term. Mm. I think there is something about just creating those rhythms and having that as part of your program mm. and part of the culture of your church. Mm. Uh, and, and just listening to the culture of your church there, that sense of vulnerability, openness. But actually, you know, using prayer and using the community and connection is part of 
building the church and moving away from consumerism. They're mm. all big cultural shifts, aren't they, really, mm. within yes. the church even today, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so... Amazing. Yeah. So well, well done on all that yeah. stuff, I think. Yeah. We want to encourage you as a leader to keep going, yeah. uh, you know, and keep doing what you're doing in the church. Take those consistent steps because mm. we know, hey, God's going to bless those. Yeah, and it's so good to hear the stories of, uh, you know, like the life transformation yeah. stories of baptisms and all of that and you mentioned the power of prayer in that mm. but uh, also you know you focus on community as well and how you're saying that's happening definitely in your small groups i, I wonder just kind of like to finish off this section what what's helped shift that in the mindset of your church to see people come to faith in those small groups whereas traditionally small groups were like let's gather for a Bible, Bible study yeah, to together learn. and pray together. How, how have you helped to shift that focus in your church? Um, you know, I can't even point to a specific formula other than, you know, I was telling you guys about the vulnerability and the transparency. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, like I said, we are living in the harvest now of stuff that's been really cultivated over the last five mm-hmm. years. So this past fall we had our, I think it was our fourth ever, men's retreat and um at that retreat the whole retreat was about coming to the well and the point was um the story of moses kind of goes like this you have 40 years of moses being raised in egypt but he gets to a point in his life where he realizes he doesn't he doesn't fit into egypt and he doesn't fit in with his own people he's full of anger he's full of rage he's full of dysfunction he's full of insecurity narcissism he runs to the desert, and the Bible says something so interesting, and yet we overlook it. It says he rested beside a well. Mm-hmm. Now, if you'll look through the Old Testament, the well is used so often in different That's moments right. that you just totally miss. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. in ancient in, in, in the in the ancient East, a well represented someone's soul. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you think about a well, it's it's not just looking at the surface level, but it's it's what you're drawing from the deep. And it's in that moment where he sat in in this moment with his soul that for the next 40 years, when you see him encounter God, it's a completely different Moses. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, he's a humble, almost like a man. I, there's no way I could do that. You know, and, and you see a completely different man. And so the whole theme was who's waiting on your healing because Israel had to wait an extra 40 years to be delivered out of slavery in order for Moses to get healthy. And so we just created these, these campfires of vulnerability and transparency. And and guys, I kid you not, it was some of the most sacred. Um, I mean, you're watching these grown, tough, rugged men confess deep trauma deep sin in their life and i'm telling you it sparked a fire in our church and we were seeing a completely complete families be baptized complete families come to know christ and from that i think once people experience what that feels like and what life can be like in that like people don't want to go back and so what it has sparked is like those people are now leading smaller communities of people. And that is the aim is how do we get to this place of transparency, vulnerability, uh, confession, uh, this place of real deep community. I taught an entire series just on there's a book called um, 
um, a meal with Jesus. And the whole book covers the gospel of Luke and how all throughout the gospel of Luke, Jesus is either at a meal, Mm. going to a meal or coming from a meal. And the point is, is like, that's how he helped announce the kingdom was by doing life with people yeah. uh, sharing. And so what we've said is we want to go from just church around a stage, not just church around a stage, because that's important. Corporate yeah. worship is important and vital, but how do we also have church around a table? Mm. Um, because that's, we say that church around a stage is informational, but church around a table is transformational. That's where you get down to people's personal lives. And so what, what we've seen is people step up and take that challenge. And because of that, they're creating smaller communities of vulnerability and transparency. And so um, even on Monday night, just one of our men's nights is Monday night. And that's the night that I attend, but we have about almost 80 men showing up. And then they'll will have meals together around tables, and then they have smaller groups that they go to um, and break off to. And every week we're seeing this thing continue to grow because, and it's men from like eighteen all the way into their sixties. Oh, wow! Like it's it's been incredible to watch. So much so that here's a guy who every day coming home from work would stop and get a case of beer, and and he was addicted to gambling alcohol, other drugs. Um, He'd been in prison a couple of times. He sees the testimony of one of the guys in our group. He knows him for years and says, man, this guy's life has been changed. I need to know where you go to church. He starts coming to the small group, gets saved and baptized at the small group. And now this guy, it's it's like a Zacchaeus story. He, 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 He immediately stopped drinking. It wasn't like he had to go to rehab like done with alcohol, done with gambling. And this guy, three weeks ago, he stops at a a local market. He sees a homeless guy behind the market, brings that guy to group. This guy gets saved, baptized. Two weeks later, finds out that he's got stage four cancer, this homeless guy. And last week, we brought it up to prayer with our men. And we have a couple of contractors in, in our community. And, uh, they had been building. They thought that they were building a tiny home. There's like this fad called the tiny homes. Yeah, like yeah, these yeah, little yeah. Houses. Well, they were building a tiny home for to rent out as like a you know a, an Airbnb. And that night they said we realized we weren't building it for an Airbnb. We were building it for this man. Wow. So this guy. So you're seeing people give away houses, give away cars, and I truly believe at the root of it is people finding a place of, because like you said, I think a lot of small, I mean, and they're great. I'm not, it's not a derogatory no, statement, no, no. No, it's yeah. not a, but I think yeah. a lot of it is a box check. It is. We're going to do a six week study on whoever do whatever. And then we're going to go back to our normal lives Yeah. instead of like, how do I get into a community where like it's it's probably even polarizing because you're either going to like be totally weirded out mm-hmm. by the authenticity and the transparency and walk away from it or it's going to be so impacting that you can't help but be drawn to it like a bug to a light right yeah, yeah, yeah. and i believe that's what's happened is we've just seen this and, and i and it really does come from i think the leadership when the leadership is vulnerable and transparent it starts to trickle down to everyone else yeah. and that's what we're living in is just the the fruit of transparency wow. and authenticity wow so good brilliant well, well thanks for sharing those yeah. stories and i and yeah. i think they'll really help people mm. 
And uh, ju- just encourage people again, just to think where they're at, mm-hmm. what small steps they can take. Yeah, I think it's one of the key things. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. we just want to switch it up for a moment or two. Yep. We've got a few quick fire mm-hmm. questions. It's been so good to have you on the show. Yep. So these are quick fire, just to switch up a little bit before yep. we uh, round out today. Yeah. So Brandon, what are you most excited about at the moment? Oh my gosh. Um, I think obviously what's happening in our church, just yeah. the, the beautiful community is being formed. Uh, the whole church around a table concept has been just uh, so refreshing for, right. our, for our church and our community. So that's probably my, what I'm most excited about. And even the community that I have around me, man, it's right. so life-giving for me as a pastor and a leader too. So Great. And what are you most challenged about? Oh, man. Uh, probably uh, challenged in changing the mindsets of our our church and our community even some of the mindsets i helped shape early on as a pastor of just consumeristic uh very activity based you know if Mm -hmm. if we're doing a bunch of events and stuff then somehow we're we're being disciples of jesus but you know uh, i think the challenge is getting people to stop doing so much and start being more Uh, yeah 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 what would be your top two book recommendations and why uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, yeah. uh, wow. powerful book. Uh, I don't know if you know his story. Yeah, yeah. But he, you know, he survived uh, Auschwitz concentration camp mm. and was a psychologist. And he actually helped people after World War II um, and, and counseled them. So he lived out, the, you know, in the prison camp, but then also helped people afterward, helped them find healing and restoration. Um, man, it was it's just a powerful book on the the health of the soul and so it was very life impacting and life altering for me uh and then uh renovation of the heart by dallas willard i think every i think every believer needs to read that book dallas willard stuff sometimes is is really dense um and so some of it's really hard like it's like chewing a really 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 tough steak you gotta like take it small bites um but, but renovation of the heart to me is uh, one of his easier reads and very just life giving and, and beautiful. I think everyone needs to read that book if you're a follower of Jesus. So yeah, two right. two two great books. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. and, uh, I just picked up a Dallas Willard book yesterday, The Great Omission. That's one. Yes, of the Great Omission. Fantastic. Have you read that one? Yes, Good sir. Book. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And the Victor Frankl stuff, great stuff. You know, it's a whole thing again around habits there, isn't it? The ability to choose between stimulus and response. Yes. What happens in the middle that we can make choices no matter what's happening around us. So that's one of the big key things in there mm. with yes. uh, Victor Frankl. So good. Hey, and um, who inspires you the most in the world? You can't, uh, you can't say Jesus, of course. That's no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, honestly, I mean, I know it's probably another cliche answer, but my wife, my oh, man, my she, uh, she, she grew up in a completely different environment than I did. She grew up in church. And so she's just always been a beautiful example of a servant, of uh, yeah. someone who loves people well. I tell people like, she makes me look way better than I am. So, <laughs> um, since day one, she has served in whatever capacity she has needed in this church. And so I'll never forget when, uh, we had our son. Uh, you know, we were portable. We were setting up and tearing down wow. every Sunday in, a, in an elementary school. And we have a picture of her putting up pipe and drape with baby uh. strapped to her chest. You know? <laughs> like that's just, that's just her. That's, and that's so, a real commitment there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. She inspires me to love people better because she loves people well. 
Brilliant. Hey, well, thanks for sharing those. Yeah, Brandon, it's been so great to have you on the podcast. What's the best way for people to connect with you? Sure. Um, uh, If people are interested, I have a podcast called Made to Win. It's a good podcast. you can go to madetowinpodcast.com if you want to engage there. You can check that, right. that out at also on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. That's B Petty GC on Instagram and, of course, Brandon Petty on Facebook. So those are three of the easiest ways right. to connect with you. Right. And we'll stick those in the show notes. Yes, we will, yeah. And, uh, awesome. well. Like we said, Brandon, it's been so great to have you on the podcast. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And remember to support what we're doing. Remember to share, subscribe, leave review wherever you're consuming this content. Don't forget we have uh, a whole load of resources Mm. for you and your church at icon.church forward slash open. But we look forward to seeing you next time on the Church Explained podcast. We'll see you soon.